When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All your hair's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Yo Happy New Year 2023 Welcome into our hearts Wow baby 23, the wolf Mm. and owl has made it Mm. to another year And just before we press record Tom and I were talking about what a piece of shit this is I don't know why Tom decided to... Literally, I'm not exaggerating here. Tom literally said the words just before we click record. What even is this? No, no, I was saying it in an affectionate way. I said, I listen... Sometimes you listen to episodes, right? And I, I, I go back and think, oh my... I can hear it in my voice quite... Like, the, where my mental health was at that point. Mm, mm, it's mm. a peek behind the curtain of both of our brains and how it works, right? But there's no other... Because, right, so look, to, so to get the, the whole scenario correct... We were talking about the fact we're doing the live shows this week, right? Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Manchester, right? London, London, right? And there's there's other shows like it's the podcasts doing live shows become a thing. It's amazing. It's incredible. But and some some of them really really <laughs> have levels that they can go to. They have big guests. They can. We have none yeah, of they that. Yeah, take, they take they take what they do and they step it up. What we've taken is something that's barely. Barely sort of hi-fi enough to hi-fi to be even a podcast, and we're putting that in the live arena. I sort of feel like it's almost like an insult to the venues that we're going to. Like I, I don't know what the the staff are going to be like when they turn up there. Go think about who they've had there at those venues, and then we turn up, sit down on chairs, and then go, oh, "Yeah, so how's your week been?" We won't even know what to say because we're fucking recording this. We, we, we're doing this. We're doing this on the Monday. We're doing the live show on the Thursday. I I hope we've got a fucking stellar four days ahead of us. We can get some new gear to talk about. Well, yeah, we're going to have to do like go on wacky adventures and stuff, aren't we? Before we're going to have to. I'm going to head out and about, mate. Uh, How are you getting to Manchester? I thought we were getting the train together. We were going to get the train, but there's train strikes. Oh, I haven't sorted out an alternative. So it might be. Do you reckon you could pull that off solo? No, I'm already already asleep this night. About the fact I've got to write a whole tour show. Yeah. And I got nada. Nothing, baby. Yeah. I, I already this morning sent a panic text to Flo saying I need gigs ASAP because I've got a man's got to get a writing, you know. Mate, I woke up this morning, it yeah. being the second of January, and I had there's a cold fear that just went through my body of thinking, Oh shit, like and you're you're like a warhorse of that touring. You're like the Elton John of touring now, right? You've been around. Like, no, you've got like fucking sick albums. Your last special was amazing. You got a lot of shit going. You, you smashed it, right? You know the I'm just, fucking. I'm, I'm, I, I normally interrupt, but I'm, I'm happy to see where this goes. So go no, on, no, so no. I'm not the... no, you are. And then I, I'd say at the moment, I'm literally probably like I don't know James Arthur when he first left X Factor. Mm. No, I've got no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to write an album. I'm genuinely terrified. So I woke up this morning. And I thought, right, you know what? It's a bank holiday. Enjoy the family time. You're not back at work properly until tomorrow. That's when I'll sit down and I'll start scribbling and stuff. I went out today in our local town and four people stopped me to say they brought tickets and how excited they were to come to see the show. Mm. And I think by the fourth person, Catherine was like, oh, no, this hit my anxiety was just literally peeking through the roof. It was just awful. Just like, before, I, ju- Just before Christmas... I went to see Kendrick Lamar. I think I talked about it on the podcast. Oh, but it's, goodness, a, yeah, yeah. it's the same venue that I'm doing the tour at. <laughs> and I was sat 
<laughs> I, was, <laughs> I sat and watched one of the most incredible shows ever. I mean, as people walking out, a couple of them went to me, we're seeing you in the same room. I wonder, will it be as good as that? <laughs> and I felt like saying to me, it won't even be as good as how you feel leaving the gig. You know I mean, I, I don't... I, I don't, mate, do you want to... I descended oh, into such a fucking paranoia about it. It was awful. I'm playing the Brighton Dome and my mum turned me it's a great, to me, That's a great venue. Great venue. My mum said, um, I said, oh, because my mum's from that sort of neck of the woods uh, and she wants to come with her sister and like some family members. And she was really like sort of excited by it. But then she said similar thing. She said, I saw Joan Bias <laughs> rip it there. It's a tough room, though, at times. I was like, Joan Byatt. Like, I, I know a little bit about her. She's quite a sort of like, she's like a balladesque sort of writer, mm, right? Mm, mm. How was it a tough room for her? Mate, what does for that me, mean? her in, yeah, but that's Brighton, so that'd be a home gig, right? It's fucking, that's a home, that's literally yeah, but how does it, hold on, she's a singer? Yeah. How does a musician have a tough room? I don't know whether like when it, like, I don't know if you've done, have you done, have you done corporate gigs ever? Yes. Yeah. So when you do a corporate gig, I always watch the musician because often you'd be like booked as a stand-up, but there's musicians beforehand or after or whatever. And you watch them and you go, it doesn't matter if everyone carries on talking and like oh, no, no, having no, they, dinner they or they whatever because you're just playing your music. Yeah. When you're doing stand-up, if they're talking and not paying attention, you're no longer doing stand-up. Like, like... It's That's so different. That just becomes me in every other conversation I am with my ADHD, yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to talk I, I over like people. I, yeah, sat in a pub, just fucking chatting, keep trying to say something, but getting interrupted. <laughs> oh, God. Have you? It's uh, the fucking worst feeling in the world, genuinely. Like, that is, I've, I've corporate-wise, I've, I've had some sickness. Like, and also, like, musician-wise, you only need one good song as a musician, right? Because people will chat amongst themselves and every time you finish the song, they'll all go, like Chisney Hawks could have a hundred songs. All he, as soon as he plays one and only, everyone's going to be fucking listening. Mm. Right? And they can I say... Imagine, I imagine he's wheeling that out more than once, right, during a set? I've seen him play. I told you. I've, I talked about I saw him play um, Chesney Hawks at um, a festival when I used to sell T-shirts called Gluster Budget. I don't know if I've told yeah. this story before. And it, he... He ripped it in a in a what like he did this intro right to his his set where he did a lot a few little bars on his guitar whatever you call it, I don't know a few strings on his guitar and then he turned around and he said um, ladies and gentlemen on drums we have whatever the guy's name was Tony Smith da 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 yeah we've got this guy and on bass we have this guy I think it was his brother and he said I think you know me I'm Chesney Hawks. I am the one, one and only. And he kicks in and it's like, call me, call me by my name. And it was like, they must have gone nuts. Mate, I went nuts. I went fucking crazy. And then, and then, but he opened with it. That's a ballsy move. Mate, because like, literally, like four songs deep into it, you're like. He must, oh. have, he must have tried different variations. He can't, have, he can't have started out doing live shows thinking, I need to open with one and only. I, re I reckon, because normally you save, your, you save your, your big guns to the end. So he, yeah, he yeah, probably yeah, was yeah. thinking, he probably has done a couple of gigs where he's not done one and only. And then during the first few songs, he's just going, where the fuck is a one and only? What are you doing? <laughs> then he's thought, let's just get well, this out Some people would as soon I as possible. listen to that three times in a set and, and not, mm. like, because you start, start walking away to go and get a burger or whatever, or go home. I would, I would happily just watch him for an hour, just do that. Go back again, do it again. Just one and only. He's, he is a really good performer live. I'll give him that. Mm. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a sad thing, isn't it? Like, what is that he's a good performer? No, just because he, he's got one and only. I, I couldn't name any of his other songs. He's been around since I've listened to music. Yeah. But he's you probably know. got some other bangers. Do you know what I mean? We should probably go for his spot. Any big Chesney Hawks fans out there? Um, yeah, let us know. What rivals yeah. one and only? Yeah. I mean, we yeah. could look it up ourselves, but. Yeah, but it feels like touch. you kind of want to get a fan. Yeah. Who, why, not, why, not, why not create some more email admin? Whilst on my walk where people were shouting um, about uh, the gig, you know, it's, it's that fucking January time, isn't it? And there's like an insane amount of joggers out. Yeah. Like insane. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of look, I dig it to an extent, but, and I've done this so many times where January the 2nd, I make an oath. I throw everything out that's like fucking unhealthy in my cupboards 
I fucking go for a jog, I lift some fucking, you know, and I swear to myself that that'll be the new me. And by January the 15th, I'm burnt out with that and I'm having a McDonald's again. It's mm. like, you know what you just want to stop and go, look, I get where you're at. I get what you're trying to do. But the truth of the matter is, what you, what you have to do is just make a new lifestyle. Make a new, like, every day, make it away. Like, tr- treats should, like, and I just, yeah, I, f- I find jogging insane as well. You like running, don't you? Well, I've slightly fallen out of love with it, to be honest with you. So I've been going to the gym and I've done very little cardio, I would say, over the last few months. Can I say, I know you've been going to the gym because I saw that show you did. What show? That, that came out this week with the Richardsons. Yeah. With John Richardson. Shout out John Richardson. OG. Yeah, I love John Richardson. Um, oh, man, he's one funny fucker. Oh, what he a is fucking... One, one what, of the nice the guys. Way, one, of the, one of the best in the game, that geezer, man. He's one of the best stand-ups, but you know what? Yeah. One of the nicest... I haven't seen him for a long time, but when I was starting out, I always remember what a nice man he was. Mm. Like, alongside... Watch, I watched an hour of his about 10 years ago at Edinburgh. It was amazing. But I just remember what a gentleman of the, like he was as well. You when, know? when I first did... Eight out of ten cats. I was on his team. I think it might be the only time I was on John's team, so maybe he didn't like him as much as I thought he did. But when uh when I was on his team, he said to me, "You know, like how it is without naming names. There's some people that make you feel less welcome than others when you yeah, go onto yeah, panel yeah. shows, yeah. I guess, right?" But he said to me, "Let me know whenever you've got something or you want to say something. Just give me a nudge." And he goes, "And I'll hand to you." Like he's just so generous and lovely, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember meeting him and, and someone else around that time, and the other person was an absolute fucking helmet, mm. and he was about the nicest. Yeah, an absolute gentleman. Anyway, I digress. Whilst watching that show, there's a moment when you go in a punch pool, and your traps look fucking sick, boy. <laughs> they do. They look amazing. Yeah, I do, you yeah, look great. Thanks, 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 thanks. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm saying, I, I'm saying now. You in that pool? I'm like fucking hell. Look at this guy. Mm. You look ripped. You look good, boy. Thanks, man. That's very kind of you. You should be proud of that work you put in. Thank you. But uh, I haven't been doing much cardio. I mean, on Boxing Day, I decided to go for a run for the first time in I would say three months, two months, something like that, maybe. And uh, first of all, uh, all along the there's like a, a like a little country lane near where we are, where every like where the dog walkers go and joggers go. It was like somebody had organised a marathon oh, along no. that stretch, man. Because everybody had the same idea. And, well, what I would say is I didn't, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, man. But the, pro- the thing with running is you have to be doing it regularly to start to enjoy it. If you do a one-off, you're never going to – nobody goes, I dabbled in having a run and had a great time. Do you know, I thought no. I'd give a – it's just not the way. I think there's an air of jealousy in me as well because of my knees being shot mm. to shit. Mm. I can't – I can't – I'd love to be out. I probably that's that's probably I probably I, there's an envious streak, a green monster that ripple, ripples through me when I see people running. I wish because I I love the idea of putting on a little bit of a sort of like pair of shorts, a little warm top, and having a bop about. Mm. That'd be lovely. Just let with the, with the, with your breath coming out all cold. Yeah, there's something nice yeah. about it. But the the thing is, is that I so I, one of the things. Oh god, this is so boring now. But one of the things that was a breakthrough for me running wise was accepting that initially you're going to have to go incredibly slowly, like almost comedically slowly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the problem with doing that is, although that enables you to run quite a long way, first of all, you have to allocate more time. So for me to do 10K at the moment, I'd probably have to allocate a day and a half. So that, that, that's the first issue. The second... <laughs> for, for a fucking hotel yeah, to do 10K. The, sec, the, sec, the second for issue... 5K in, text Lisa. Yeah, just, yeah I'm just staying yeah. over here. Where are you? Just holidaying at the bottom of the street. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just on the edge of Crawley, actually. We're, we're on, we live on the edge of Crawley. Yeah, I know. Just sort of further into the edge. <laughs> um, but uh, the other issue is you have to, your ego has to deal with the number of overtakings that happen. Do you know what I mean? Some, yeah. You know, what other runners? Yeah. You know, like other runners could just blast him through and you just think, mm, I'm probably not doing this properly. Do you know what I mean? I used to be really fast as a kid as well. Yeah, I was really fast. I remember, I, I remember like when I was, uh, when I was like at very, very little school, I used to win all the races. Really? Yeah, there was a time when I'd win everything. And then my dad did the, uh, the sack race and fell flat on his face and came last. And I was so upset that he took me to Happy Eater to get me pancakes to say, sorry for embarrassing you. And I fell in love with those pancakes and that's probably the beginning of the end of my athletics career, to be honest with you. <laughs> I used to be good at long distance. I used to bang. I used to be. I used to sort of like. 
I used to really love long distance running. Mm. It actually makes me sad thinking now that I'd like to go for a run. <laughs> you're you're if a there's bit anyone emotional there, voice there as well, yeah. Yeah, I know. If there's any knee engineers out there, just get in touch, please. This so is, can, you not, you, can you do any kind of knee exercises? No? No legs though? I, know, I do like squats. I do legs. I'm, I'm okay. pretty obsessive with like legs to build up. I row, I, I cycle, mm. but I can't... Um, yeah, it's just running. Just you know, it might be. Um, it might be. I'm literally down now to. I'm 127 kilos from 140. Holy shit! 140 about eight months ago. Yeah, like eight nine months ago. So I'm like fucking. Like maybe I'm a bit lighter. It might it might be okay. You look. My right. worry is getting injured. Yeah. Like if I get and then I can't train because I will tell you this right over Christmas. Like, there was two days I didn't train, and on the second day, my mental health is, was deteriorating so quickly, man. Really? Like, to the point, yeah, Catherine was like, even yesterday, um, New Year's Day, I was sitting on the sofa, and I started having a bit of a wobble and started being a bit, like, uh, just a bit sort of downcast about things. And Catherine was like, you're going to be like this all fucking day and night, going to the gym and just do a workout, because I can't, you're, otherwise just go and sleep in the garage. <laughs> like, she's quite good, she's quite firm with me, but I was like, you can feel that fucking, that, that thing creeping into your, I feel it sometimes. And yeah. I know that if I don't do something about it, it will take over my life for sort of, for I, a few I, days. I, I thought the mental health thing was an unusual thing to say that that's the reason you're going to the gym. But I've been like, over the Christmas period, I've been going to the gym and occasionally you have a chat with somebody that you used to go to school with or whatever. And um, everybody goes, I'm doing it for, I, I do, I do a lot of it is because of my mental health. Like a lot of people have got, have got that attachment to it now. They feel like they've got to go to sort of keep them on the straight and narrow mentally. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was an unusual thing, but it turns out it isn't. I was an idiot. No, no, but I think, yeah, I think for different reasons, some of mine is down to like, if I can burn the energy off quick in the morning, if I can do a workout in the morning, mm. I feel then that for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm not getting that, hyper sort of I don't get into a place where I start getting too sort of like too excited you know my brain one way or another will flip and sort of change do you know what I mean yeah and it's great if, if you're on an up if you're on a down that can be really it can be quite toxic it's like I, I find like I wish I'd not I wish instead of mental I've been so unhealthy nearly all of my adult life and I wish I like I wish I'd known more about this side of being training and and taking care of your health your 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 body and your mind. I wish I'd known more about that in my twenties. Mm. Yeah, I would have been unstoppable if I'd. Have, if I. Oh my god! If I'd have started doing the gym like this in my twenties. Oh my lord! Mate, you'd have Fuck been so yeah. fucking ripped Jesus. and sexy. Wouldn't have been a comedian. I'll tell you that for nothing. Oh no, you'd have been a model. I reckon. I've been way too hot to be a comedian. I'd have been fucking. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know the other obsession I've got at the moment, or just had. Have you seen Traitors? I've not watched it, but I've, it's a phenomenon, oh. right? Is it a phenomenon? Oh my god! Oh, just before you get into this, I know you've talked about losing weight. We were talking about going to the gym. Just to give you the other side of the coin, I've yeah. eaten and drank a lot over Christmas, right? And yeah. um, New Year's Eve, I got very drunk, right? Yeah. Uh, Lisa came as well. Both got very drunk. Uh, I passed out downstairs, okay? Lisa walks into the living room to find me trying to leave the living room by looking for a door on the wrong fucking wall. Jesus. I, 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 yeah, I just sort of walked up to the wall trying to find a door, but there was no door <laughs> in that wall. So like, I was just like feeling, it was, it was, I had the lights off. I was like feeling around the wall thinking, I'm sure there was a door here. And then like Lisa opened the door, which was on the opposite wall. And I like, looked across at me to find me kind of just like with my arms spread across the wall Ooh. looking for a How so like, embarrassing. What were you drinking to get that drunk? Because that's 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 like 19-year-old drunk, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's because I hadn't eaten that much that day. And then like it was like everybody's going happy new year and it's like a shot here and a bit of gin and shots. Tonic here. 
There's a couple of shots. Yeah. It's bad. I'm Are not proud of it. still? Or? Yeah, I am, yeah. But the reason, anyway, the, I'm just giving that as a bit of context for how loose I got over Christmas. Eating a lot, drinking a lot. Just having a nice time. Had a magical, magical Christmas. Um, I've got one of those smart scales that kind of yes, connects yeah. to your phone and tells you. I have put on so much weight over Christmas that the machine and my phone asked if it was me. No, I had the same thing. I had the same thing. So it goes... No, I, I had it before Christmas. Yeah, so it goes, just double-checking because of the change in weight. Is this you? Click yes or no. I couldn't fucking believe... I mean, in terms of a demoralising message to get from your scales... <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. I Catherine, just went... Do you know what? You know the saddest thing is? I said no. <laughs> to strike it from the record. Uh, anyway. Catherine had it where I... Uh, Went and we've got the scales, and she had the app still open, and I went and trot. I went on the scales, and then all of a sudden, my weight came up on hers. Yeah, she says, "Fucking hell, Catherine!" There's <laughs> <laughs> someone else standing on there with you. Yeah, it's like insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe you know what's the trains yet. No, okay, so tell me about it. What's the deal? I know Claudia Winkleman Mate, hosts it. And it's number one, term. Claudia Winkleman is insane. Yeah, very, very, she's, very, very she's talented. So go on, tell me. So good. sarcastic. I didn't mean it to. So, listen, it's basically, I think it's 22 people start off. Three of them are traitors and the rest what are does that faithfuls. So, basically, three people have the power to kill off other members of the faithful who are the people okay. who are trying to find the traitors. Okay. And at the end show, you've basically got to, you've basically got to say the, there are no traitors left. Mm. And if the traitors have sort of got through to the end of them amongst you, the traitor gets all of the money that you're left with. Otherwise, you share it amongst do the they, people. Do they, do they, so if it's two traitors, they split it between them, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all members of the public. Mate, that's one of the genius things. I would say this is one of the best things about that program, right? There's a lot of these shows made and a lot of these things. And some of them work because, like Love Island works because it's got people who, who clearly want to be famous and, and that, that leans into that and it works well. Um, and what's great about this show is it didn't feel like anyone on it was doing it for it felt that they were doing it for the show for, right, for the right. money but they didn't feel like they, they were how much money is it by the way i think in the i think it's 120 grand okay so it's decent decent wedge decent wedge but it didn't what i hope for the show going for no one said they're going to do a celebrity version i hope to god they don't god i think it would ruin it because i just don't think people take it seriously enough mm. i think shows like this are so much better when everyone in it and it's so fucking good man we we started watching it on tuesday and we devolve 12 episodes by Thursday. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there in terms of what's going on at your house. But yes, <laughs> a good show. <laughs> Mate, it's incredible. Do you want to have a conversation or wheel out another episode? Just press play, Tom. Mate, we'd already sake. had, mate, it's Tuesday. We'd already had four days in a hotel, just the three of us. We, we needed something to come into our lives. Just, yeah. Including Mick Winkleman was that the thing that we didn't know. How, that we do, needed, you but we how did. do you determine who a traitor is? You basically, like, they slip up here and there. Yeah, but what are you doing? You're just in a building, right? You're, you're doing quest. You're doing these quests, and right. then you have to fuck around with each other. Yeah, uh, like you know, basically people like the, the traitors are setting traps for people. And okay, yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to talk, explain too much without giving too much away. You like, and I'd say that I'd say it's one of the most outstanding bits of television I've seen in the last ten years. Yeah, okay, but just to give that a bit of context, you said that about everything you've watched. <laughs> Wait, if I get through a series, that means it's banging. Mm. It's incredible. It, it reminds me a bit of when me, you know, when me and you first discovered um, uh, Married at First Sight. Yeah, and it was. And I'm, sure the, then, I'm sure the producers of the traitors are rubbing their hands together at this comparison. Go on. Well, no, let me say, first series we watched the Australian one. I didn't think people weren't trying to be as fake, but then that was a smash hit, and then everyone else since then has basically tried to fucking. It's, they all just want to be famous. There's no one look in there anymore looking for love. They're yeah, all yeah. just going in there. And that's what ruins a show like that. Because mm. it's everyone comes in. And don't get me wrong, I thought in the last series, there's a couple of nice people. But so many people are just obsessed. Are you, talking about, are you, talk, are you now talking about the Australian one or the UK one? Because I've, I've been watching the UK one. I've been watching the UK one. I don't even know if I'm watching the current, the latest one. It's the one with Matt and Whitney and Duca. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that one. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Look, there's some moments in it I thought were brilliant. But there's too many people in it. And you need a little bit of that because it gives it a little bit of that sauce. Mm. But when t when 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 the equilum slides into the place where more people are trying to be fucking, what is it? What is it that slides, Tom? Equilum. The equilum. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a word, isn't it? Okay. Right. Sounds Let like me just see. Sounds right. like something you secrete. Equilum. Um, I've, I've been e- sort of a pussy Equilum. thick eculum's coming out. <laughs> Equilum. Equilum. Hold up. There we go. Equilum. All right. Equilum is a fully managed end-to-end data inter- integration. Oh, okay. So you, you used it correctly. So it's uh, is that is that what you meant? <laughs> did you mean did you mean a fully integrated data management system? Equilum is a paragon as a single integral tool. The platform. Oh, no, this isn't the tool. What I thought it meant. Do you mean equilibrium? Do you think? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> right. And would that make sense in the sentence in which I it would, replaced it? Really it? it really would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so put that word back in. Um, if you can, JT, just cut Romesh. Oh, you want to snip it in? Oh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Actually, JT, could you try doing that? Do that sentence as I said it and then just put Romesh saying yeah, the right JT, word if you, in if you put, if you put the Leave the initial conversation in and then at the end just slip it in to see if we could get away with that from now on. And you need a little bit of that because it gives it a little bit of that sauce. Mm. But when t- when 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 the equilum slides into the place where more people are trying to be fucking, do you mean equilibrium? Do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. But the, the, it slided, I think, too much into the way of it being people wanting to be famous up against people looking for love, and it mm. gone too much in the wrong direction. Don't get yeah. wrong; there were some great moments in that series. Yeah, but yeah. So the traitors—is it worth going back to now? Is it is it something I have to watch when everyone else? Is I'd say that? I'd say watch it. Get okay. you you and Sweet Lace, yo. Get yourselves a couple of light glasses of wine, mm. some some of those sweet, sweet, the last remains of your chocolate biscuits from over Christmas. Yeah. Get cozy on the sofa, stick on traitors. I guarantee you're in for an absolute belting night of television. Here's a question for you with regards to last year's chocolate biscuits. We have still yeah. got quite a lot of like Christmas cake and biscuits and stuff like that because I, I like to have little gingerbread houses and shit like that you know i like it to be yeah. nice for the for the kids you know it, it looks all like christmasy like in home alone or yeah. something what do i do with that now? your house do, is like the house from home alone yeah yeah do i just <laughs> shut up do, do i do i um god that was a very rude one of me wasn't it shut up um, <laughs> do, I, do, do i eat that i eat that right yeah i mean you could eat it or give it to a food bank it's um it's it's up to you I'd What's say, the rule about giving gingerbread houses to a food bank? Is that have you have you touched them and eat, licked them or, eat, or bitten them? Or? I've licked. I licked. Yeah, as you know, as you know, the first thing I do whenever I get gingerbread houses is lick them from top to bottom, <laughs> just to see what they're about. <laughs> so what a stupid ginger- question. <laughs> have I licked the gingerbread? House? Of course I have. <laughs> no, but if are they open? Are they still packaged? Obviously, gingerbread yes. houses. I think I guess they've been open. They've got a shelf life of about a hundred years, right? Gingers, gingers, yeah, ginger. That's the one thing that will. If if we get nuclear bomb, this the one of the only things that we left will be cockroaches and ginger biscuits. Mm. Um, yeah. They could withstand. What the time those cockroaches are going to have, by the way? <laughs> There's a cockroach chowing down another ginger. Mate, when, I could I could fucking murder a hobnob. <laughs> Shut up and eat your eat your ginger biscuits. That's what they take them all to space. Ginger biscuits they take to space. Um, I, I just is that. This is based in any kind of fact at all, mate. On last leg the other week, there was an astronaut on it. And well, uh, who? Who was it? Uh, I can't remember. He was. Um, he's the first ever uh, <coughs> astronaut coming from a. Was it Tim Peake? No, no. What's the guy's name? To be fair, can I just say something? By the way, and I don't know. Oh, if, God. Uh, what's wrong? So when I did last leg, I was on quite hardcore painkillers for my back. Yeah. I text you about this. I was yeah, I was in I was in quite a lot of pain, so I'd had some painkillers. I get to last leg, and it's in like the special like quite nerve wracking live show. Live show, also mm-hmm. quite boozy as it's a New Year's Eve special, right? So I have a few beers before we go on. Literally within about ten minutes of the show starting, like I start to feel like I was floating. I was genuinely like, oh my god, like. And then it clicked to me that I'd had painkillers and I'd had quite a few drinks by this time. Right. And then the rest of the show is just a blur. I like, know like, there because there's television yeah. footage of me being there. How did, it, how, did it feel, how did it feel like it was going when you were doing it? Absolutely terrifying. Right. Like that, that job is hard. That's hard enough to do in front of a live studio audience when you're talking mm. about fucking 
like news and stuff and you like you've mm. got to have some sort of i don't really i'm not well read enough which might surprise people to to have an opinion on anything anyway but when i literally feel like i was rushing i was yeah i felt like i mean it was an incredible feeling and had i been sitting on the sofa watching the traitors it'd have been amazing in front of a live studio audience so there was like an astronaut guy on there and he was he he was a paralympian who mm. is now going into space Right. Incredible young man. Incredible. Yeah. But that's one of the questions I wanted to ask him. It's like, what junk food and biscuits did you take? So I thought this was a story. To, so, but he didn't even say they take ginger nuts. So when I said to you, is there any facts in this? You went on to tell this story. Quite a long story, by the way. And, and it's not even right. confirming what you said. No, but when I was chatting to him a bit afterwards, because I stayed for beer afterwards, because I yeah. like to... Why not? Let's see how high you can get. Um, well, I thought at that point, my paranoia kicked in. I thought it was probably going to be my last night. I thought, if you're going to go out, chat to a guy who's going to go to into space and Josh Winnicom. Uh And that mm. could be your... Uh, and Josh by the surprise. Josh was very worried, actually. He was very sweet to me, Josh. Shout out, Josh Winnicom. Um, uh, not so worried that, that he didn't demand I stayed for a few beers afterwards. Um, <laughs> so if it, yeah. Anyway, I digress. I got the aura around this guy that he would be taking some ginger nuts with him. Right. Okay. You got the aura? Yeah, yeah, like a, a feeling around him. That if he was mm. going to have any biscuits. I wish to God I'd asked. I'd probably never meet him again. Yeah. But if I was to sort of, if our paths were to, to cross again, I'd say I, I wanted to ask, but I was too high at the time. What would you take if you went on a spaceship? Um, I would take, um, I'd probably take black truffle crisps. Oh, I've become God, I've become it, I've honestly, become, honestly. I've become addicted. No, hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. Hold you on, prick. Hold on. What? what you, why does that You've said a lot of things. Truffle is, I hate truffle. I hate it. It's one of my worst things. I think actually it's one of the worst inventions in humanity ever. Well, it wasn't, it's not an invention. Right. So it's, well, it's one of the worst out. things we've found. I, the smell of it is absolutely yeah. makes me feel sick, like I'm going to gag. Okay. Right. Okay. And now it's everywhere. You can't yeah. go somewhere. I mean, you're, only, just you're, only, not... you're only giving me reasons to fucking bring it on a spaceship with you. Like, the, the idea that I would be bringing my favourite snack and you'd be fucking balking the whole time. What an absolute treat. It's, I hate the, I hate everything that truffle, not, not even just the taste, the smell, mm. but everything it stands for. What do you mean everything it stands for? <laughs> it's just a prick. Like, genuinely, it's like, it, it's one of those things now that's overtaken everything. Like, I defy, I think no. every, every no. it's not, mate, it's in every restaurant now. And it will weasel its way we, into we, all we, kinds of we dishes. Have, that we, have talk, we have talked about we have talked about food extensively on this podcast, and God knows we've been scraping the bottom of the barrel for things to talk about. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time truffle has come up. Yeah, because I was never going to bring it up because if, if I, it's the only fucking place in this podcast where it's not raised its ugly little face. Right? <laughs> Why do you hate truffle so much? Look, what I hate is it basically like like so you'll go into somewhere right, and you'll go, oh, you know what, I might have the leek and potato soup, right? Yeah, and it's got truffle oil on it. You want yeah. some chips? Already, we, they'd already know you're a connoisseur from that order. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> oh, no, we've got a foodie in, guys. <laughs> after the leek and potato soup. No truffle oil. <laughs> now they put it on. They'll put it all over chips, right? All sorts of like. Chicken, sure, always sure, put it on. sure, but but okay, fine. Eggs. The other but, day I went to a restaurant that had truffle fucking scrapings on it. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I do think we're talking about different things there because I'm talking about black truffle crisps, right? Yeah. So that that is not a truffle coming in where it's not wanted. No, no, yeah, no. That right, is, right, fair enough. You, I'll you, give you, are, give you, you are, that. You are asking, you are basically, you're requesting truffle flavour and that's what's being delivered. I think that's slightly different to what you're talking about, which is where you or you order something else and truffle's been smuggled in. I understand that because truffle is actually, I'm actually agreeing with you, truffle's a very particular flavour. The idea that everybody would be equally accepting of One it. One person is, needs uh, to have it in the restaurant for everyone else to basically have truffle in their meal. If you're yes. in a small yeah. restaurant, I went to a lovely Italian restaurant not so long ago. One person, four tables down, was having fucking truffle oil on something. It's very strong. It's we, might, we might as well have all just had truffle slavered it all over our food. Mm. And then people look down their nose if you have tomato ketchup. I'm like, my tomato ketchup does not infringe everyone else's fucking yeah. meal. It, it goes perfectly to- with leek and potato, so back off. 
I just find I find it really, really fucking irritating. Okay, fine, but my point is, I I do like these. Cri- I've just, like I've they've become Are they very truffly. Like, the swans tried them, and she thinks they're very truffly. Yeah, she's not. Is a she fan. a truffle fan? Which, which makes it even better. She doesn't I'd mind. I'd sooner lick every one of your toes without socks on than taste eat truffle. Is that true? Continually, yeah, yeah. We've got yeah, a live yeah. show coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it, man. We fucking all we need something. <laughs> Just take your time over the big toe, Tom. We've got another 10 minutes to kill her. Oh, I was going to tell her the fucking anecdote. <laughs> All right, should we do some emails? Yeah, bro. Uh, our email account on the Wolf and Us, absolutely riddled, by the way, with like adverts and people oh, saying that I've made it through to the next stage of a raffle and whatever. It's oh, you're not signing up so. to stuff? Buying stuff? No, I've not, mate, I've not signed up to anything. It's just like automatically doing it. Um, okay. This is from Anon, please. All right, lads. Love the pod. I could do with your help. In my boyfriend's friends group, uh, there are around 10 guys and one girl. Let's call her the lioness. The first time I met the lioness was at a house party. I went up to her and I was super friendly as I'd heard lots about her. We were standing in the kitchen alone and I told her a funny story from a holiday I'd just been on. No loud music playing, so she could definitely hear what I was saying. She wouldn't even look at me and ignored everything I said, just staring down at the floor in silence. Five minutes later, we're back with the rest of the group. My boyfriend told me to tell my story from my holiday. When I told the same story in front of the group, she absolutely died laughing like she just heard it for the first time. I found it a bit weird. I brought it up to my boyfriend, but he said she was probably just drunk or something. Fast forward to recently. We're at a small gathering, sitting in chairs in a semicircle. The lioness arrives at the party and goes around the room, hugging each person individually. When she gets to me, I go to stand up and say hi. She doesn't look at me and hugs the next person. Ooh. She literally went round the circle, hugging every single person and ignored me. I was super taken aback by this and had to go to the toilet for a quick breather. I haven't encountered this type of sly, bitchy behaviour since I was a teenager. I can't even believe there are people in their late 20s who act like this. The worst part is she's really nice to me in front of everyone else, so nobody notices. It's kind of like gaslighting. I think she's threatened because I have a great relationship with the guys and she likes being the only girl in the group. I spoke to my boyfriend about it and he said, I should just be super nice and pretend like I haven't noticed her being rude. He isn't keen to say anything as it will turn into a bigger issue, which I get. I would happily take that approach, but it doesn't stop me from feeling super shit after she ignores me as rude to me. I'm at a place in my life where I want to surround myself with positive, kind people, so it makes me not want to attend their parties anymore because I just can't be bothered feeling anxious about it. Any help would be much appreciated. Lots of love, love the pink jellyfish. Uh, P.S. Romesh, you need to back yourself more because you're a low-key dilf. Wow. I'd agree with that, by the way. I think you're fucking... No disrespect to this one. You're also a... Mi- okay, now we know why this one's selected this. Uh, okay. Tommy D. Um... I just scratched my armpit. Do you see that? Yeah, it was oh, by the way, listen, let me tell you something. I showered in front I, I, I showered in front of the swan for the first time ever last week. Beautiful. Okay? I'd love to have been there. That'd have been a nice moment. Anyway, I have discovered that I do something in the shower that is weird. And that is when I turn the hot water on, I like to alternate my shoulders that the hot water's hitting. And so I kind of rocked from side to side. I didn't know I did this. Right. Did, uh, did the swamp pit point this out? Did she point it out? She's been fucking roasting me about it ever since. She's oh, really? like, I well, bet apparently after a few every, drinks, you let fire with that one. Everybody, yeah, in front of everyone. Every, everybody else apparently just stands completely stationary. No, no, but no. I no, like no, to no, sort no. of, I like to vary where the water's hitting me. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of like do a little bit I of I've a, got an element of that. I think if you went and watched. 200 people in showers, everyone's got a different vibe. I go in mm. head first, I get the head nice and wet, yeah. then I just, well, yeah. How long are you taking over your ass, by the way? A long time. Yeah. So. I, I, I would say during the average shower, I sort of target that valley four times. I would yeah, say. same, same. I would same. say roughly. I think as well, it's like I've noticed, sorry to the jellyfish for digressing here, I've noticed that I'm taking longer and longer. The older I get, the longer I'm in the shower for. Mm. Like, but you know why, don't you? Because it's a break. Maybe it's like a little. It's a little a bit of time to yourself, where you just get on with your thing. You sort of it's enjoyable to scrub yourself with a bit of hot water. You lather. I, you know what? I will never ever tire of just lathering your body up and rinsing it off. It's you know what? One of the best beautiful, thing is simple pleasure. The the thing for your back. We got one. <sighs> Oh, no, I haven't. Get one, please. Get one. The back scrubber. Oh, you got a back mate. scrubber. Yeah, they're beautiful, yeah. man. Where do With you ex- leave it when it, you're not? Sh- you just lean it against the corner of the shower. Do you? No, no, no. You sometimes hang it. I've got my. We, we have like two bathrooms. Catherine has a bathroom. I have a bathroom. So I usually hang it up on the. Mate, she has, she's she's taken over the ensuite. I've got the. 
the main bathroom. But yes, yeah, so I hang it by the shower. Lovely. And you've got to change it. You, you can't keep it forever. How long are you? How long are you changing? Oh, that? Oh, I did right yeah, slipped on the arm like an old drunk at a Christmas party. Um, oh, Let okay. me tell you another thing. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, um, oh, our rest got away from oh, me there. Happens, um, isn't it? Cheeky, cheeky little sod. <laughs> um, I reckon I'd change it every month to two months. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. You got to be careful, man. Anyway, I All digress. Right. And that's pink jellyfish. Go to the pink jellyfish. Um, weirdly, um, Pink Jellyfish, me and Catherine have almost been right through this identical situation when we've uh, when I first got with Catherine into sort of quite a, to quite recently um, within our group of friends, we had a, a situation a little bit like this, and uh, it's a difficult one to sort of sum up, and it's a difficult one to talk about because it's still quite a raw thing. But I think when it comes to sort of someone like this. Uh, the person that let's call her lioness is threatened by your, you by you coming into the group. It's a massive threat. And when you say about the the situation of uh, you know it, it it feeling very school ground and very playground and very sort of team, some people never go out of that because they've never got to. The, the world around them allows them to sort of behave as long as they want to behave until they're truly tested in in a way that um, there's, there's no repercussions for this kind of behaviour. Um, but I sort of sympathise a little bit along, you know, I sympathise with you, I sympathise with your boyfriend because I had the same way of dealing with this as he's got. I kind of didn't want to rock the boat. I probably wasn't strong enough as a person to sort of stand up and say that enough's enough. Um, I, I probably let that go on longer than it should have until we just sort of started distancing ourselves from the sort of from this, that situation and from that group because it started to get a little bit toxic and it started to get a little bit... Every time we were out with them, it started to get quite... Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a fun thing to be around. And I realised the impact that was having on Catherine and Catherine's mental health. So I think when it comes down to it, I think you've got to... Um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a choice you want to make, really. I, I, think, I think it's having a really honest conversation with your boyfriend. I don't know how long you've been with him, I can't remember. But I think... The, the person's threatened by you. They're fully threatened by the fact that you're funny. Other people like you. For what, for other reasons, that's down to them. And there's nothing you can really do about that because what you'll realise is the other people around her um, have allowed her to behave like this and they'll probably allow that for a long, long time going forward. They'll probably never, until something quite major happens, they'll just let, let, let that be. And really as well, there's a sign of it and, and it's really easy just to look at someone that like that with absolute strength that they're a really strong person or they're, they're, they're going through their own shit. They're, they're having to go through whatever they're going through. And even with the person that I'm talking about, my heart always goes out to them a bit because I realise that we're, everyone, for the most part, is struggling with something. We're all going through, and it's really, really easy, easy to sort of look at certain people and pick them out as being strong characters that don't suffer at all. But by nature... The way that they'll survive is is through the way that this person survived with you, which is in quite a toxic way. And I doubt that they're happy with that. I doubt that they're. I don't think they probably sit in, you know, wherever they get their quiet time on their own time, and they've got to sort of look at their behaviour. I don't think they look at it with any pride. I think that's just the survival instinct that they've got, and it's what they've learned. And and it's, they they worry. I think as soon as they let any sign of weakness go, that um. That, that, that they'll be questioned and, and that's yeah so anyway I, I really sort of struggle with advice wise but so I think it's just yeah I mean I, I my, my thing was just to have try and avoid those scenarios and avoid that group and sort of move away from it a little bit and that sort of yeah that felt the best thing to do at the time so I don't know whether you and your other half want to do that or not but anyway uh, I hope it I literally don't feel like I've given you any advice. I think I've just rattled on about my own problems. But um, yeah, I hope I hope you find some sort of way of dealing with this. Uh, Pink jellyfish, uh, thank you so much for your email. Um, I agree. I sort of partially agree with Tom, partially disagree with Tom. Uh, I think he's absolutely right. Where like whenever you're dealing with a situation where somebody's being a prick or you perceive them to be a being a, a prick that can often be dissolved by putting yourself in their position and maybe sort of thinking, because very few people are actual fucking arseholes. Do you know what I mean? They may behave like that. They may present as that, but they're not that in their core. 
And, you know, I, I can't speculate based on just this email as to what this, why the lioness is behaving like this. But I would say, you know, it's possible that she's threatened by you. It's possible that being the one girl that's friends with a load of te- with 10 guys is a difficult situation. And then, you know, she's had to hold her own or whatever. And then you've turned up and she feels threatened by you. I don't know. And, you know, who knows? One day you might end up being friends and you get to the bottom of that. Um, and it might even be something you want to talk to her about. And like, you know, there is a possibility that you could say to her when you're having a conversation, so I, I get the impression that, do we not get on or, or, you know, you could say it in like a, in a kind of a light way to try and see what she says. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the problem is a difficult one because you find her behavior annoying, but that's still, that's a big group of friends that you kind of want to still hang around with. I, uh, this might not be useful advice, but I think the way that you respond to this is completely in your control and, uh, how upsetting this might be is completely in your control as well. I think your boyfriend might be right. I, I think, if she wants to behave like this, that's up to her. Um, I think you can choose whether to react to it or not. And if you're in a situation where it's just the two of you, you can either talk to her about it or not talk to her. You can just accept the fact that she's not going to talk to you when it's just you two. And you avoid situations where it is just you two. Um, and you just carry on hanging out with that group of friends and decide that you are going to disconnect yourself from any kind of emotional reaction to how she behaves. You now know that's how she behaves. It's unreasonable, it's irrational, and so therefore it no longer affects you. This is not somebody whose opinion of you you care about, so why do you care if they like you or not? You want to hang out with the other people, it feels like it would be easier for your boyfriend if you do carry on hanging out with these people. So you hang out with those people and you completely disengage from what she's like, do you know what I mean? And however she behaves, you're completely bulletproof. It doesn't matter what she does. It doesn't matter what she says. It doesn't matter if she ignores you because you don't want to be friends with her. You don't care. You're there for your boyfriend and you're there to be with the groups. With the group, sorry. So um, I literally think immediately you can disengage from this and and not allow it to bother you anymore. Um, Would be my advice. But also there, there is an option for you to actually raise it with her and go, you know, what's the deal? And you don't have to do that in a confrontational way. You can do it in a very chilled way. See what she says. Um, good luck with it pink jellyfish i hope that's useful happy new year thank you so much for your email and uh yeah i'll I'll try i'll go forward backing myself more thank you for your advice pink jellyfish okay next sweet, one sweet 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 bit at the end there i enjoyed that you like that yeah, yeah, yeah. um okay <laughs> this is from the hermit Wow. Just the hermit? Yeah, that's what I meant. That's, what, that's why I paused. Wow. Because I was... I, a hermit crab, I was expecting. Yeah, that's but, what I was expecting, yeah. But the her- hermit is someone who doesn't go out, right? Yeah, that's not an animal, is it? That's just a no, hermit. No, it's just a person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hello, Wolf, our cat and swan. Hope you, hope you are all well. I'm emailing from work because it's very quiet today and very dead in the shop, and I thought I'd email in. My dad, the mallard, is the best dad I could have asked for, but sometimes I feel like I'm not the best son to him as I hermit in my room as it's a comfort zone. I also often go out with friends, but I find that I don't seem to spend time with my dad as much as I could. I have a younger sister, and my dad works in a forty-minute works a forty-minute car drive away. I find it hard to make plans around my sister and work. Any advice? Sorry if this doesn't make too much sense. Love from the hermit, uh, Tommy Day. Yo, um, I think it's quite a usual feeling to feel uh, like you're not always the best son, and that you want to do more stuff with your dad or with your mum or, or, or with a with a sibling. Um, I, I, I felt a lot like this through probably most of my, most of my twenties really. Um, when I was, when I was a lot, I was 17, my dad had sort of a very bad accident where he nearly uh, died. And he was, um, uh, and I, I was the first person to see when it happened. And it was quite a sort of, um, quite a difficult thing really. I, I really sort of struggled from that to sort of, I never ever feel was I doing enough, and then I, I think probably for most of my twenties, I was a bit of a letdown to both my parents. I didn't really ever think that I, I was just a bit of a loser. I never really achieved anything. I was sort of I was labouring. I, I, I was going nowhere, um, and I think I was probably quite embarrassed about the fact that I didn't want to have any. Um, you know, I, I sort of I did. Yeah, you know, I just didn't feel that like I was ever enough. And actually, the truth is that you know, as a as a as a child and now having a child myself, you realise that. Yours will be. I think the thing when it comes to is just just doing things together 
just for the sake of doing them uh, is never a good thing for any any relationship whether it's your father whether it's your friends whether it's your brother or sister whatever i think doing stuff that really matters and just enjoying that time together is is the thing that really 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 sort of becomes memorable so it's like like new year this year so these it sounds well Wompsky was out having the time of his life getting getting smashed um i had we had a very very memorable game of monopoly like we, as a family it was amazing we sat down we had some drinks we had a real laugh it was as a as a family we had a really nice time and that felt out of nowhere it was it was a real memory for us all and i think it's trying to create those those things i think it's trying to i live quite a long way away from my parents so i don't see them as much to do so when i do i try to to do nice things that we'll we'll all talk about and we'll always remember and i think that's it's finding a thing in common that you have finding something that you do together but i think just not forcing yourself to do stuff i think you do stuff that you think you're going to enjoy and, and he's going to enjoy and and you enjoy that together and uh, you know i wouldn't kick yourself too much about being a hermit and just being in your bedroom all the time you'll you'll learn to fly when you can brother i think at the moment it's you know for whatever reason that's where you feel safe and i don't think, I don't think you should be judged by that my man so um uh yeah just just yeah, small steps, bro. Small steps, my G. Uh, as always, wonderful advice from Tom Davis there. Uh, the Hermit, listen, I would agree with Tom. If your room is your comfort zone, um, then that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Don't punish yourself for that. That is what your life is. And don't try and force yourself to be something you're not because you feel that's what you should be. With regards to spending time with your old man, I am um, in a similar situation with my mum where... Um, I don't see my mum as much as I would like to, or, um, you know, we get busy, we both get busy. Um, and I think sometimes just finding little things, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to spend the day. You don't have to do things like that. But even like going, should we go out for a coffee or should we have breakfast together or whatever, just trying to look for opportunities to do that is a good thing to do, I would say. Because um, currently if you organise a thing where you think I've got to spend quality time, we've got to spend quality time with each other, it puts a lot of pressure on it. Whereas if you just go, well, you know, maybe we'll have toast and tea together and just have a little chat. And even if that's 10, 15 minutes or whatever, it's still a good thing. And what you'll find is it starts to become easier the more you do that. Because what you want to do is, or what ideally you want to be in a position where you feel like you've got a decent relationship with your dad. And I think the fact that you feel like you don't spend as much time with him as you could means that you've recognised that there's an issue there. Do you know what I mean? So um, I would look to, you know, take small steps. Like Tom said, it's not all about suddenly you're, all, you're with your dad all the time. But just go, do you want to have a pint? Or do you want to have a coffee? Or do you want to just go out for breakfast? Or do you want to go out for whatever? I don't need to list you all the social situations that you could meet up. But like just little things like that or watching a programme together or whatever it is just maybe looking for those opportunities to do that. And what I think you'll most likely find is the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, good luck with it, man. But um, I would say if you're feeling like it's a problem, it probably is. So uh, best of luck with it. But do not punish yourself for being in your room and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Live your life the way that makes you feel most comfortable. Uh, good luck to you and happy Yo. new year. Big love. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, my G. You've got a bit of a belch there coming up. What yeah, no, I just downed a lot of water. Really, really quick. What have now. you got for dinner tonight, by the way? Uh, I'm going to do a vegetable tagine. Oh, homemade? Yeah, homemade. Mm, lovely, lovely. My yeah. news, have you got a news resolution, by the way? Yeah, I don't know. I find it really hard to have a New Year's resolution. Mm. Do you disagree with them? Are you about to have a go at me for even suggesting that? No, 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 no. I, I usually try and make them. And I sort of now feel a bit like I put so I put a lot of pressure on myself when I put myself those things, and I have to weigh like like weigh lay it because otherwise, yeah. So New Year's resolution wise, no, nothing massive. Mm. I've, I've a weight target, and I'd like to play better golf, and that's the two things. Uh, okay, are we keeping you for something? You just looked at your watch there, mid to answer. What's going on? No, no, no. It's just uh, Grace has got a little bit of a. A fever, so okay. Well, no, there you go. You've made me like an absolute prick there. Well, yeah, I told you before the record, so you knew about it. You just fucking this your goddaughter, your goddaughter, who she actually idolises you. 
The only uh, thing but, she's laughed at all day is you are the weakest link. She smiled mm. and we were like, oh, yeah. she's feeling better because she's her uncle Ramesh is on. Mm. She loves a bit of quiz, doesn't she? <laughs> Little Grace. Um, I um, here you go. I'm gonna. My New Year's resolution is to become a better cook, and wow. I am formally inviting you, Catherine and Grace, wow. to our house for a, a three course meal fully cooked by me. Oh, We're mate, gonna we film this. I'm looking, I'm thinking I need six months to get up to sort of... Wow. I mean, That'd you're obviously welcome to you're obviously welcome to come over before then, obviously. But but in terms of this target meal, I would love to cook for all of you a lovely meal. I'm going to target to getting better. It's going to be wow. vegan, just to give you a little warning. That's incredible. What do you think? If you're going to do that, I might just learn like something like the pogo stick. I'll definitely come. And then when I come round, I can that show That feels off. like a really random, completely unconnected thing. Why no, no, just then when... Um, when I, I when I come around to yours, like you're you're cooking a meal, and then the boys are like, "Oh my god, dad, 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 yeah. Tom's got a pogo stick." And then yeah. like, they're and then I'll say, and then at the end of the day, I'll say to Lisa, "Did you enjoy today?" She goes, "Yeah." I mean, I would have rather that the floor wasn't completely fucked, but yeah, it's been fun. Anyway, uh, this is <laughs> that'd from... be lovely. Six, yeah, six months time. You know, I'm a pretty okay. amazing cook, so that'd be incredible. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. So you're going to be quite a harsh judge, which is perfect. Oh, no, no, no. There's one thing I'm not. The only thing is, if mm. there's truffle in it, I will fucking, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave probably. So. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Barn Owl, this is from. Oh, the sweet, sweet Barn Owl. Uh, hey, T, my partner just got us tickets to your show at the South Bank Centre on the 7th of Jan for my Christmas present. Clearly she's a legend and I've chosen wisely, but there's still a sticking point I'd really like your appreci appreciate your advice on. I'll try to keep it concise because it's not really not that complicated and I feel like the question might divide the room. In short, I don't take drugs and I never have done. I've had a few medical complications as a child that has resulted in me ca my caution towards taking them. Anyway, my partner is by no means an addict, but does like to party with my friendship group every now and again. It makes me feel uncomfortable and it's been quite tricky to navigate how to feel and find any resolution. I voice how I feel about it and it matched with her feeling like it shouldn't be an issue. She enjoys doing it recreationally and she should be free in reason to do it. I agreed to being okay with it as long as it wasn't done in front of me, but that only made things worse as I could tell that it was being done behind my back and that just felt shady. I guess my question to you are, A, is it something I should make peace with? Is it something my partner has control of and should be able to enjoy herself? And B, is it controlling to only really feel like it's settled if she stops taking them? If I'm being honest, it feels like if she loved me, then it would be a no-brainer as it makes me feel uncomfortable. But that seems unfair to put that kind of weight on the situation. Perhaps it's a case of agree to disagree. I'm not sure. I'd really appreciate your advice. As week by week, you guys seem to put in such a pragmatic and honest approach to everyday problems. I think it's also important to point out she doesn't get out of control, high or waste. It's all pretty tame. Can't wait to see you in the new year. Big love, Barnow. Tommy D. Yo, Barnow. Um, so, I, I, I kind of think that if it's something she enjoys doing, and while I never um, uh, faci facilitate the uh, the use of any uh, class signs, um, I would say that she she kind of needs to get out of her system herself, and she needs to 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 sort that out, or, or, or she needs to basically just she needs to go through whatever she's going through to then get to a point where she says like, whatever life moment comes in. And she goes, oh, actually, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. That's enough. And then she'll stop. The fact is that if you try and control that and if you try and push that too much and say that you're not doing that anymore, I don't want you to do that anymore, or this and give her an ultimatum or become too sort of hardcore, there's an element of that that's you trying to control or you trying to push whatever's happened to you and it's sat, you know, whatever you've been through in your health problems and and you know, this probably saves you ever having to go through all this, this stuff. But she has, she has to find her own way through this and you pushing pushing that too much and sort of sort of putting that alongside the fact of um she doesn't love you if you know if she doesn't give it up then i think is you're, you're putting too much weight on that on that that thing i don't think it's the fact that you can't put those two things together you've got to let her run the course with what she's doing and you know i think you kind of got to make your peace with it if I'm honest, I think that's the that's, that's the best way of doing it. But I think you, you've got to let it fight. It's like anything in life. You've got to let those you got to let people find their own course, let them make their own journey because you can't steer them where they've got to go. 
because I'll just go somewhere for a little while and then I'll get back on that road again. Nine times out of ten, it'll be a journey you won't be making with them. Bloody hell. That was a profound way of ending that. Um, I, t- I totally agree with Tom. There's two reasons why I think that you need to try and make your peace with it. One is a selfish one, and it's basically that if you make your partner feel like she needs to stop doing that, she'll either start doing it behind your back anyway, or she'll stop doing it because she loves you, and then she'll resent you for it in years to come. The truth is the pattern of kind of drug behaviour, or certainly recreational drugs, is people, as Tom said, tend to kind of do them for a while. And then you just kind of grow out of it or you stop doing it. And every now and again, you do it when you want to have a good time or whatever. You feel like dipping back in or for nostalgia's sake or whatever. Um, it doesn't sound like it's a problem. It sounds like something she's able to dip in and out of. And so for that reason, I think in terms of saving you from issues down the line, I think you probably need to just make peace with it, really. I know it's frustrating because I know you haven't gone into details, but it might be upsetting that you don't feel all right to dabble in it because of your medical history. And it feels a bit unfair, I guess, but that is just life. And I think if she's doing it and it's not a problem, I think you kind of need to need to let her get on with it. Um, and, and also the other thing is, is that, you know, it is her choice, you know, and if it's not a situation where she's not, you know, if it, if it was a thing where she's not wanting to go out with you or spend time with you because she's wanting to go out and get off her face, then I think that's a different problem. If it's something where it's not really affecting you and it just upsets you when she's doing it, then I, I kind of think she should be able to fr- be, be able to be free to make those decisions for herself. And the truth is, in all likelihood, it will probably come to a natural end anyway and it'll be something that she does every now and again. But I kind of think my inclination would be for you to kind of learn to, to live with it as best you can. And I'm sorry if that's not what you want to hear, but that's, I kind of think that's the easiest option, really. Uh, so good luck with it, Barnell. Uh, and thank you for coming to the show. Look forward to seeing you. Tom, Yo. we come to the end of our first episode of 2023. Do you want to carry on doing these little closes or are you about to make an announcement that you don't want to do them anymore? Well, I'll keep doing them as long as we've got to do a podcast and doing them okay. to different levels of success. Okay, Strike. that sounds great. And I could see. People, friends, loved ones. Another year sits here alongside the year that just finished, the year that begins. And the pressures that we can put ourselves under are limitless and bountifulless. But remember this, for every shell that you see upon a beach that could have been a pebble or a piece of sand, for every piece of grass that hasn't been trampled down, for every tree that stands strong that hasn't been cut down, there are other ones that were cut down or other bits of grass that are trampled. While you're still standing and you're still in the run, while you still got yourself in the mixer, be proud to know you have made it. You are one of the successful ones. <laughs> I don't even know where this is going now. This might be the worst one I've ever done. Have I got, have I, did I get in your head a little bit, do you think? It felt a bit like a moment from the traitors. Okay, let me try this. Goals. What are goals? Hmm. Goals. <laughs> Goals. What are goals? Well, friends, goals can be two posts and a bar with a netting behind it in a local park <laughs> that kids are kicking a ball into. Or a goal could be a goal that's set on a hockey pitch that people are slamming a puck into. Goals can be all kinds of things, but the goals that matter most to us are those own goals. And I'm not talking about the ones that the Leicester City player scored the other day versus Liverpool. I'm talking about the goals you see yourself. See, actually scoring goals in any kind of stadium or any kind of facility is pretty hard. Why do we put so much pressure on our own goals? Keep them small. Keep the goals that you want to achieve and the goals that you want to score enough that when you score them, you can celebrate and give yourself a pat on the back. We're not all footballers. We don't all get 60,000 people cheering and your teammates jumping in over you and a news reporter telling you what an amazing strike it was and a manager telling you who's going to buy you a new car every time we score a goal. But what we do have is our own minds and our own hearts. So anytime you get a little success, anytime you score a goal, look at the mirror and say, well done. And imagine 
the round of applause and your teammates, who are your brain and your heart, jumping on you and saying, well done, we win today. Really, so got, really nice. Really so nice. JT can were, make that work. You're up against it there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was absolutely terrible. I don't, yeah. yeah. If I'm honest with you, the first, I, the cold snap really came in yeah, just before yeah. that. And then you got in my head with quite a bit yeah, sorry, of a traitor-esque move. I didn't mean to. I hope you've got um, a banging song to go out on. I have, actually. It's uh, Slum Village, Tainted. I've been listening to Slum Village a lot recently. Wow. I thoroughly recommend them. A little bit of golden era hip-hop for you. Uh, JT, take us out with a little bit of tape from Slum Village. Guys, thank you so much. And if you're coming much. to the live shows, travel safe. We look forward to seeing you. If I don't know, like, I have, we've had people messaging about uh, rail the rail strikes. We are trying to see what we could do about that. We have sp- we've spoken to... We've negotiated people. with the unions and we feel like we're pretty close to an agreement. Um, and if it comes to it, Ramesh will drive around and pick up everyone who can't yeah. get to the gig before. Yeah, um, absolutely. 100%. In his supercar. Uh, um, yeah. Um, no, we are trying to figure it out. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Big love. Uh, okay, guys. Take care. See you at the live shows. Look after yourselves. Love Bye, you. Bye. People, people. Think of her. Think of me. Think about us since the intimacy. I'm trying to strum you like guitars in this bass We can sit around and chuck kick the blase splits Plus, you got a man, but he ain't quite me The type of man that try to get you what you need And he wanna know where you are, where you be Where you going, where you stay, where you subject to be If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all Please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.